Welcome to the Self-Love Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Rosenberg. I am the author of The Human Magnet Syndrome, The Codependent Narcissist Trap, and the creator of the Codependency Cure and Hitch Trauma Resolution Treatment Programs. If you identify with codependency, which I renamed to Self-Love Deficit Disorder, or you're caught in the crosshairs of narcissistic abuse or gaslighting, you've come to the right place. Expect the very best information that I know, whether from my own personal journey of recovery or through my 35 years of professional experience. What separates my work from others is my understanding of the origin of the problem, the solutions, and the necessity to take responsibility for one's broken picker that always points them to the dream of the soulmate, but the nightmare of the cellmate. So join my self-love recovery community and set your sights on the cure, self-love abundance. Today, I am going to roll out a new idea I have that came from the writing of my human magnet syndrome book. As many of you know, there are so many ideas that I came up with to better explain codependency or what I call self-love deficit disorder. And not only are there 250 pages in the Human Magnet Syndrome book, but one day when the third edition comes out, it will be around 350 pages. But there's so many thoughts, so many contributions, so many discoveries, so many elements of my work that sometimes I wonder, how did I figure it out? And the one especially that I am so grateful for, because some, some of these ideas just come to me just out of nowhere, is that codependency or self-love deficit disorder, it is an addiction. I am a certified addictions counselor, a CADC. I have been in the mental health field for 35 years and have specialized in addictions the whole time. In fact, well before I had the first inkling of what was or what is this human magnet syndrome thing, I'm working on addictions. In fact, there was a point of time, I think it was five years, I was a, uh, what they call a CSET, a certified sex addiction treatment practitioner. So I, I, I've lived and breathed this addictions, work, ideas, interventions, et cetera. And one of the things that I figured out in my own recovery, before I had names for any of this, is that I didn't have an explanation for why I would keep dating someone who I knew was narcissistic, who I knew was not good for me, who I had already experienced consequences, you know, whether they were me just feeling like ashamed of myself that I, I kept doing this, or that I believed that it would be good and we would make a wonderful couple, or I would fall prey to their narcissism and their charm, their, their excitement, their boldness. And in that, I kept falling prey to this idea that I was going to do something that I knew was bad and I couldn't stop myself. I can tell you so many times, and I am sure, dear viewers, you have the similar experience that you as an SLD or a codependent, SLD, self-love deficient, have gone on dates, have met people that you know are narcissistic. They're beautiful, handsome, charming, and really desirable. But you know, you've been there, but yet you say hi to them, or they come up to you, buy you a drink, 
come up with a charming look, smile, handsome, sexy, and you just are starstruck and go, oh, oh my God, she is or he is. And it, it's so magnificent. And they will start talking over you. They will turn the conversation back into themselves. They will tell you, other people, whoever is in the circle in which um, they are talking or, and people are listening to, they will tell everyone how great they are. But yet, none of your experiences before with narcissists that have hurt you are going to be strong enough to say, get the hell out of Dodge run. There's something magnetic. It is as if there is what I call an addiction. Codependency, self-love deficit disorder is an addiction. But let's talk about what an addiction is, whether it's to food, alcohol, nicotine, gambling, whatever it is. It is a compulsion, a driving need to do, take, experience something that makes you feel alive, makes you feel good, gives you excitement. It, it energizes you. It gives you this feeling of euphoria. And once you do it, and you then, because you're addicted, you need to do more and more. And the next thing you know, you can't stop. The addiction controls you. And then because it's no longer a situation where you're just doing something that's fun and you're deciding to have fun, knowing that you could always like leave, it's an addiction. You can't. You're stuck. The addiction pulls you and keeps you in that center stage and where you cannot leave what you believe is exciting, that now is turning into something bad, something um, hurtful, something harmful. And when you can't stop it, then you start to think, oh my God, what have I done? I screwed up again. I'm such a loser, another narcissist. And then because of the shame of that, which runs parallel to SLDs or codependence. It's a constituent element of the SLD psyche. So if you already have core shame because you are codependent and you are addicted, then when you fall prey to your addiction, you break your promises. You once again, let down people that you try to convince that you can control it. Then that shame that you have already gets lit up like someone threw a match into a pool of kerosene. And that shame just makes you want to say, the heck with it, bring more of it up. And the next thing you know, you are with an, another narcissist. You are having what you believe is a time of your life. But there's a part of you, the person that knows you're an addict, is kind of watching you and saying, I told you, and you will do anything and everything to shut that voice out. That voice that says, you know, you know what happens. You cannot just meet someone, sleep with them on the same night, 
and tell them all of your your life story and have them tell your story and think that your loneliness can be freed. That's not possible. It's not healthy. But that codependency addiction delivers you into this, what seems to be a solution or an answer to all your pain. Your pathological loneliness, which is the primary withdrawal symptom of codependency or self-love deficit disorder addiction, this bone aching, soul scorching pain of loneliness, what you can't be by yourself without squirming and, and, and feeling like you just cannot relax, that something's wrong with you, and you just want the pain to go away. Well, because you're an codependent SLD addict, you are afraid of that nightmare because the pathological loneliness only goes away when you're in a relationship. Now, listen carefully. Codependency or self-love deficit disorder addiction is not to the narcissist. That would be equivalent to being addicted to something that makes you sick and never gives you pleasure. It is the relationship that delivers you out of the burning, scorching pain of pathological loneliness and brings you to this euphoric, um, this sense of intoxication where the pain is gone and the person and you can finally feel good in your life. Because before the SLD falls for their drug, and by the way, narcissists have the same addiction, but I'm not here to talk about that. But before the SLD takes that drug, and remember, the drug is, is the relationship. They're in pain. And what happens if you are in horrible pain and physical pain and you're addicted to narcotics, pain pills, you take a pain pill. All of a sudden, it just you relax. Everything feels better. But you know you should not be taking that pain pill. But it feels good. And then you start taking it more and more. And the reason you don't stop now is one is it's not because it feels good. And that's one of the most, it's another misunderstood element of addictions, especially codependency or SLDD addiction. Once you're addicted, you don't take it to feel good. You're taking it so you don't have the pain of the withdrawal, which is the loneliness. So you're on this date, back to the date. You know you're addicted. You promise yourself, no more, no more. I'm not going to believe this broken picker of mine that keeps pointing me in the direction of the despicable narcissist. And you say, no more. And then someone comes up to you and you just melt. You don't think like, oh my gosh, jackpot. I just hit the, I just hit a jackpot, a narcissist. Yay, a narcissist. They're going to hurt me. They're going to ignore me. They're going to not want to have anything to do with me. No way. There, there is not that type of reaction. On the contrary, it is this feeling of relief that you're not alone anymore. This feeling that you don't have to be in pain anymore. 
you know, what you don't know that the other person, the narcissist, is also getting that same kind of relief. That is why these relationships, there's a complete enmeshment. There's a loss of an identity that both people, the codependent and the narcissist, they don't feel alive in their world, safe in their world, until they can lose themselves in this relationship. Going back to the addiction, doesn't it sound like the narcotic addict who's finally taking their pills or whatever is their drug of choice, and all of a sudden they fall back into that reverie of pure pleasure? Their pain doesn't go away, but the pleasure, it, it's a blanket over it. So the codependent is addicted to the relationship. And because of the human magnet syndrome, which, of course, product placement, because of the human magnet syndrome, the codependent is always going to pick a narcissist. Take that to the bank, black and white truth. And if you don't understand it, you must read my book. So if you're addicted to the relationship, you're going to fall in love or feel compatibly in love with the narcissist. And if the narcissist is equally addicted as you are, then you have this competing euphoric attraction in the beginning that both people are delivered from loneliness, pain, this existential void. And once they submit to it, they gorge themselves in a relationship. And that gorging, um, whether, again, um, paralleling uh, food addiction, alcohol, drugs, cigarettes, that gorging is nothing more than just a standard symptom of an addiction. But the difference between the codependent and the narcissist addict, it's that the narcissist at the end of the day, once that love cloud goes away, or what I call the soulmate experience devolves into the cellmate reality, they have all the fun. They get all the good stuff. And the codependent, the SLD, is naturally entrapped once again in a relationship in which they are treated badly, poorly, abandoned, abused, neglected, deprived, etc. But why can't they leave? Well, think of it as an addiction. Because if they leave, they will be lonely. And they never want to experience that loneliness again. So something happens in their brain, literally in the brain. Addiction is a disease. And this is no different from the other diseases that we understand biochemically, neurologically, behaviorally. This addiction and its connection to dopamine, endorphins, and all these other love chemicals, um, they make the brain think it knows what it's doing. So if you have the driver of a machine, and if you can imagine that driver is below the part of the brain that thinks, which is the cerebral cortex, specifically the prefrontal cortex, the outer edge of the brain, which is where um, our human nature comes from, the middle parts of the brain in which the addiction plays out sends impulses to the thinking part of the brain and says, you need to get this drug. Now, it fools us. It tricks us. It, it, it messes up our logic. It destroys our common sense. It makes us forget everything that happened that created perhaps some of the most 
painful misery we've ever experienced. All it cares about is just to get the drug. So you get the drug, you become addicted because you're no longer feeling pathological loneliness. And if you're an SLD, you're now involved in another harmful relationship. And because of the shame, that, that cycle of shame, feeling bad, feeling guilty, feeling ashamed, it becomes harder and harder to get the strength and the emotional resources to stop. And then you know what that pathological loneliness is. And if you don't trust me, and by the way, I know this is a fact because I've been asking this question for well over 10 years. If I go into a room of codependents who are, say, um, um, uh, have come to one of my lectures and I ask them, how many of you can relate to the experience of pathological loneliness? And if I explain to them pathological loneliness is a withdrawal symptom that occurs when the when the uh, drug, which is the relationship, um, falls apart, that is so powerful, so commanding, that it brings you into another relationship with a pathological narcissist or brings you back to someone you know has no concern for you and no ability to love you. But because of those mechanics in your brain, you're temporarily insane. So now, if you consider SLDD, self-love deficit disorder, codependency is an addiction, you know the addiction is to a relationship. And the relationship always happens if you're an SLD with a narcissist and the narcissist with a codependent, and you consider all of the dynamics that bring you together and keep you trapped, and your fear of, uh, of the withdrawal symptom and the shame that you have that compounds, that explains why people spend a lifetime in this horrible addiction. Now, let me be clear. This is not the same as love addiction. Love addiction, just, just to be clear, um, is an addiction, a dependency on the feeling of limerence. Limerence is the natural human experience of excitement, joy, anticipation, walking on air when you meet your love. Healthy people experience it, and SLDs experience it. And the SLD who experiences it, I call it limerence on crack. It is so powerful. It brings you to this point of euphoria and ecstasy that is compounded, it's exponentiated, it is amplified because of the loneliness. So the relationship addict needs limerence. And once they get enough of that limerence, they have to, they stop dating that person or seeing that person and they go for another person. And then once that gets all exciting and fun, and then the limerence kind of fades away, then they go to another person. So, so obviously, hopefully I'm, I'm being clear that SLDD addiction is nothing like relationship addiction because the SLD is not going for limerence. They're going for the relationship to take the pain away. But what I have not yet talked about is how the narcissist is the drug dealer. In the 1970s, um, we used to call uh, back when I was a kid, and they said, don't do drugs and all those, you know, scary things that you tell kids that when they become teenagers, they forget. They said, stay away from the pusher. 
the drug dealer or the pusher. Because the drug dealer, all he cares about, all she cares about is enticing you to take this drug. Sometimes they give it to you for free. Sometimes they act like they are your best friend. But in reality, they want you to get addicted so that you will become their customer. And when you are their customer, then they fulfill their own personal and financial needs. And then um, they don't really care about you. And in the case of uh, drug dealers, people die. Well, let's look at the drug dealer as a narcissist. A lot of narcissists, not all narcissists, but the narcissists that have elements of sociopathy, whether you're a covert narcissist, a sociopath, a malignant narcissist, they know what they're doing. They know that their partner cannot escape or leave. They know exactly how to reel them in. Once they're in the relationship and the SLD, the codependent, is trapped by the addiction, the compounded shame, the fear of pathological loneliness, all the things that we've already talked about, then they make sure that their victim, the person who they are almost like a warden to, their prisoner, um, stays put by making sure that the drug that they need to stay addicted is always there. So the dealer narcissist um, when they are facing a codependent who is starting to talk about leaving, starting to get too much self-esteem, say they started watching my videos, um, been reading my book, The Human Magnet Syndrome, or in, in good therapy, which, by the way, I provide um, psychotherapy, that is a huge threat to them. It's going to take away their business. <laughs> their survival requires on everything the codependent can sacrifice for them, for which they don't have to give very much back. So as a ruthless, despicable narcissist dealer, drug dealer, they are going to find a way to get you back into it, that gets you to relapse, to find a way to stick you with a metaphorical hyperdermic that has the drug, to get you to forget your promises, to get you to break down and come back to them, which is the drug. So that the shame, remember the shame spiral, the compounded shame um, overtakes you and the brain gets a taste of the drug again and says, oh, I want more. Now, if people don't know what this is about and they've never been addicted to a drug, but they've smoked cigarettes, it's no different. See, I've, I've smoked cigarettes most of my life and I haven't smoked in about 18 something years, not one puff, because I know that if I have one puff and I get just a little bit of that chemical inside of me, nicotine, my brain is going to go nuts. It's going to go crazy, not in a way that I, I can see it. Because remember, it is below the thinking part of the brain. It's going to register the nicotine. It's going to open up those pathways again and all of a sudden send signals to the thinking part of my brain and say, get more. And the best way to get the thinking part of the brain to do your dirty business is to make sure there's pain. And pain can come into many shapes. So, in conclusion, self love deficit disorder 
aka codependency, is one of the most serious addictions out there. The drug is the relationship that allows you to escape the withdrawal symptom of pathological loneliness. And should you try to stop your addiction, there is going to be the narcissist drug dealer, analogously drug dealer, who's going to make sure you fall down, you falter. He's going to induce you, what I call induced conversation. He's going to sabotage you. He or she will do anything to give you a taste of that drug so that you will lose your strength. I hope this discussion about the painfully addictive element of codependency, self-love deficit disorder, helps you better understand, should you be a codependent, why it is almost impossible to stop, why you sabotage yourself or you are prone to be sabotaged by someone else. So if you would like to learn more about this, I have a very detailed seminar entitled Codependency Addiction at selfloverecovery.com. I have a lot of educational material there. Um, video or audio, and we're always running a sale. So thank you. And I hope to have more of these discussions in the very near future. But until then, be safe, be self-loving, and don't let any of these despicable narcissists put their claws into your self-love deficit disorder. You alone can turn it into what I call the codependency cure into self-love abundance. And once you get that, they can't get under your skin. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Building a self-love recovery community means the world to me. Spread the word. Let people know what we're talking about. And until we meet next, I'd like to leave you my favorite of all sayings by George Eliot. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Don't forget that. Our future is in our hands, despite what anyone has told you before. You can be the self-love abundant person you've always dreamt of. It's your birthright.